We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we are looking at the Doom Watch episode Invasion. Hardcastle and Ridge are in Yorkshire for a bit of nitrate measurement in the caves. They've employed two local lads, Dave and Reggie, to do the cave diving to collect water samples and have supplied them with top quality underwater gear for their work. While a storm brews outside, the boys go underwater and never come back up. The entire village is called out to search for them, and although the villagers are concerned, the boys have a reputation and have gone lost before in the caves and turned up on their own later. Hardcastle and Ridge are very concerned, though, as they sent them into the caves and feel responsible. A survey of the geology and topology of the area suggests there might be more openings to the cave further on, in a property known as Wensdale Grange, which is an old manor house, now abandoned, with electric fences, copious keep-out signs, and an armed military presence keeping everyone out. Greeted with military stonewalling, Ridge learns nothing about the facility, save that the soldiers are wearing unusual boots and carry shotguns rather than rifles. His call to the minister's parliamentary secretary are put off. Ridge doesn't need to know what's going on at Wensdale Grange. Back at the pub, they learn from a local that the house stands as it once did, complete with furniture and strange silver men walking the balconies. With Quist out of the country, Ridge decides to do a little breaking and entering. He doesn't get far before he's caught. Quist is called back and called before the parliamentary secretary. After some persuading, Quist is filled in. During and after the war, the house was used to develop germ warfare. Five years ago, an accident occurred and the house was contaminated. The project was shut down and the entire area was closed off. Now, the military are enforcing a strict quarantine, patrolling the grounds, keeping people out, and killing all animals that get into the property. Everything killed is tested and the entire area is constantly being monitored by scientists. Their precautions have proven adequate so far. Quist demands to see inside the house himself, and he and his team are allowed in. Meanwhile, the boys have turned up. They decided that while they had that fancy equipment, they could do a little extra exploring, and they've turned up unharmed, and begin going on with their lives. In the pub, Hardcastle notices a bottle that has been opened oddly. He saw one like it back at the Grange, and he surmises if that bottle had been opened years ago, he would have had a layer of mold but it didn't. Ridge also sees a local girl carrying some baubles that look like the chandelier at the Grange. She says the boys gave it to her. They return to the Grange and inspect the bottle and the chandelier. They also see that two antique dueling pistols are missing from the wall. Searching the basement, they find a loose flagstone leading to a well that no doubt leads to the caves. It's clear. The boys have been holed up in the Grange, unaware that it is contaminated with the highly contagious killer bug and they have stolen the pistols to sell. The search is on, but they've left town to see an antiques dealer. Quist and the military have no recourse. 
While there is an inoculation to prevent the loss of human life, the village must be evacuated. The families sent away. The livestock, animals, and pets must be put down and burned, and the exclusion zone expanded to include the village, a ghost town which will never be inhabited again. The only good news, the boys never reached the antiques dealer and fell ill before they could stop at a fun fair, potentially infecting hundreds of others. I gotta say, I, I watched this episode uh, yesterday, and and I did even post a bit of, on Facebook mm-hmm. in case anyone was wondering. This episode is grim. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Wow. Yeah. It's I dark. mean, the the shooting the dogs uh, really mm-hmm. was powerful. I mean, sure they're gonna kill some cows. I mean, no big deal. But when you see that little that little collie or that border collie mm-hmm. sitting there, and the guy's like. Oh, you're going to have to take me before you take my dog. And they don't even have to talk to him because you, their their look is like, you know, we're taking your dog. It's mm-hmm. it's going down. And then just to reinforce that point, you know, they shoot one at the end just, to, just to off make a camera, point. but make the point. And this is this is serious. And it is serious. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, it the, is. But the manner in which they uh, show this for the sake of the story is particularly dark. It. Oh, yeah, it's meant to be. This is really meant to, to stick it in. Um, and how, you know, innocent this comes about. I mean, not not the fact that they were doing germ warfare experiments. No, but just That's these obviously. two lads who happened to find this, you know, this this uh, wine cellar, if you will. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's they, all it was. And and no, and no the army had no idea that it was so easily accessible. They didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it, it really was trying to make sure you understood that, that germ warfare is a bad thing and mm-hmm. we can't control. I mean, of, of all the things that they've had on this show so far, I mean, like the plastic eating virus, yes, they've, you know, make a good case at how that could spread plastic to plastic to plastic, you know, and plastic everywhere. But here we're talking every rabbit. Every squirrel. Well, every. the other thing is that with past episodes, there's been that element of speculative fiction that uh, it's, it's just a little bit outside of reach, at least based on our current understanding. But germ warfare, that's a real thing. So now it has, it has this ability to hit home in a way that previous episodes have not really done. They've all had their slightly fantastic element, not this one. There's very little fantastic about it. It's it, it's strongly based in reality. And that's what makes it just, I think, so unbelievably grim. Um, and, and effective. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't look to see. Martin Worth wrote this one. I don't didn't recognize the name as it went by. But he has structured this story, and it, you know, there's not exactly a lot to the story. I mean, it's it's a bit of a mystery, and we're just trying to find out what's going on. And then by the time they figure it out, it's too late, and you know, the gut punch comes that we're we're taking this town down, and uh, it it it, and they do an ex- just like with the dog, they do such an extremely good job of conveying how devastating this is to this town. I mean, these, these people's lives, I mean, they, they're bound to have spent their entire lives in this town. They know everyone. I mean, it, 
you know, we don't exactly have villages in that way much. Uh, you know, not like that. I where mean, you and I. No, I mean, if you go, if you go places in the Midwest, you might find small towns, which are the closest equivalent we're going to get. But villages like that in England, I mean, they they really are extremely close knit. They are like one gigantic extended family. And so they're just they're they're gone. They're going to be scattered to the four winds. Mm-hmm. Um, they their livelihood, everything they own, everything they have. Sure, we're going to give you money for it. Uh, they even make a they even make a comparison to anthrax um, culling, and they've done that. You know, they've done that in England. They've done it here, where you have to go in and and basically a farmers. You just have to buy. They buy his cows and they kill them. You know, they. I don't know whether they pay a fair market value, but. But really, uh, he, here the farmer, not only does he lose his cows, he loses his sheep and his sheep dogs. He loses his property. Um, he just, what, what, do you, what do you do? What, what, what happens to your life when you've spent, again, presumably your entire life on that farm? Well, it's or, not just your uh, life, but it's generations, too. Ge- potentially, odds, odds yeah. are you inherited that from your parents, from their parents, and so on and so on. And now that is totally derailed. Yeah. Um, what's he going to do? Get an apartment in London and... And just sit there and no. twiddle his thumbs until he dies. Or or try to find some other farm somewhere to buy. Which I'm sure there are, you know. But, but wow. It just... It just it really it's not is. the same, though. I mean, it's like your entire... I mean, that is your life. Your life is now gone. It is taken from you. Uh, yeah. And another reason I think this story is particularly well told and effective is that the major and the military, this is, this is not like the plastic eaters where the secretary or, of the, or the minister broke protocol, right? These guys have been doing, it sounds, like a bang-up job for five years. Yeah. They are doing this by the numbers. They are taking their precautions. They are they are doing all the right things mm-hmm. to to contain this and the best laid plans. Even when you don't what it was the line I think it's from Star Trek where Picard says something to the effect of you you can do everything without fault and still lose. Yeah. You can make no mistakes and still lose. And still lose. And that's what happened here. The, I mean, the, the military who were guarding this place, that, that major has got this thing running well. Mm-hmm. They caught Ridge in no time. Right. Right? They're, they're killing all the animals. They're checking all the animals. They're disposing of them properly. They're, you know, they... they they're doing they everything it. right. Their only problem is that there was something they did not know. Didn't. Right. That's Which all is what was, makes this... Yeah. That's what makes this whole thing tragic. That this yeah, one like, little bit of information about the house got past them. And it was just dumb luck because um, the new guy had this need to want to go back and examine that that bottle, that wine bottle. And a good thing he did. Good thing he did because he just happened to step in the right place and, oh, look what I found. Well, was he the one that stepped in the right place? Because I I'm could not, not sure. tell who was who. I, I don't know. Suits. I don't think it really matters. Doesn't matter. I mean, because you've got you had Ridge, you had Quist, and you had him. The three of them all in that room at the same time, uh, if not a fourth. So it doesn't matter who stepped on it. It's the fact is that he desperately wanted to go back into that room and check things out. That whoever did step on that that part of the floor, well, you know, good thing. Because yeah. imagine what would have happened if they hadn't, or if that one person had just walked past 
that one part of the floor and missed that uh, that that uh, brick or you know what you know that that Flagstone, cement block. Yeah. What would have happened if he had missed that? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's terrifying to think how far this thing could have gotten. Yeah. So, and then and, and speaking of them in the suits, I think it was you know is it the writer's choice? Is it the director's choice? But I thought it was I thought it was quite good. It it, it lended an air of menace or, or uh, atmosphere let's just use atmosphere that i didn't have a clue who it was that i was looking at well and especially the first talked. time we see one in the distance you know i sit off in the uh, way off in the distance and uh of course jokingly the first thought that ran into my head was that doesn't look like a cyberman i uh, not even not even jokingly when when mr larch was telling hardcastle that uh, see silver man up on the balcony mm. uh i'm like Really? Yeah. I thought Cybermen at that moment. I, I really did, too. did, and I think I, you know, could not in my mind get Kit Peddler and Jerry Davis and Doomwatch and Cybermen out of my mind mm-hmm. to go, that can't be what this is. It can't be, but it's what I thought of, and I think that was intentional. I think the title and that line may have been intentional Maybe. to make you think Cybermen, just, you know, as a bit of... A lark, <laughs> or, or whatever, but it's possible. I don't, I don't get the title "Invasion," "Invasion it's, of the Germs." Yeah, that's uh, it. It's basically it's "Invasion of the Germs." I mean, it's a stretch, but a bad one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but no. Even when they were in the thing, they didn't talk. No, they signaled each other. So it's like I wish, I wish one of them would say, "Hey, look at the pistols," or anything. But instead, they're like, "Well, they were like, do it it's all like they were scuba yeah. drivers, you know, scuba divers." Yeah, they that can't talk, and I'm like, you know, you should be able to hear. You know, you <laughs> didn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, something of that nature. But it was uh, uh, all 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 around. I and nice uh, scenery, nice location footage, very effective. Uh, use of of the the village uh i'm sure somebody had a boatload of fun playing with the tanks um there at the end I bet, oh I bet the boys yeah yeah in the military were like we get to take the tanks up hey hey tell the director i can do this sort of uh i can make uh, it spin. spin yeah baby and they're like all right show me <laughs> so yeah that was that was and, and it's also probably that probably doesn't make any sense the tanks because what good would tanks be in this situation yeah, what are they going to do just but it is very over? it's a it's a it visual very image. menacing it's a very visual image of the, like the military taking this uh-huh. maybe that's the invasion but uh, the, the you know this town is is gone to the military um it, it yeah yeah it was it was um it was it was a powerful episode uh doomwatch has uh surprised me again i i I have to admit i was kind of thinking maybe they'd run dry a little bit not that i didn't like who killed toby wren or or the battery people but you know with all the missing episodes and just kind of going well how many times can we can we kind of come down to this well but this one uh had the power to surprise me and again i didn't know what i was getting in for when i watched it which which is nice and just a, a, a good all around, a good all around episode. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, really. Um, 
So I guess Jeff Hardcastle is, in fact, now a member of the Doom Watch team. I, I wasn't sure at the end of the last one. Neither was I. In fact, w- w- when he showed up at the beginning, again, at this one, I wasn't entirely sure. Is 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 that really him? But when he started talking, oh, okay, yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's definitely so the same guy. He's the new Toby Wren. But, but in the last one, you know, Quist thought he was coming to apply for a job, but he wasn't. And he said he wasn't. And then at the end, I thought he said something to him like, you should go back and get your, finish get your, your degree. Get your degree, yeah. But instead, apparently, he's working with Doomwatch. So. And there are no missing episodes in Series 2, so um, this is the next episode after you killed Toby Rem. Um, however, Hardcastle and Ridge, what a great name for a team of private detectives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Doomwatch... Uh... Well, I was about to use a slang term for a detective, and I, I don't think I will uh, for the for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Well, I think I think I think Ridge fits that category quite nicely. Very but. nicely, yes. <laughs> but it's but the, it's it's also interesting uh, personality types too. Uh, I mean, Hardcastle. I mean, he's uh, really just very approachable, very friendly, uh, but it's, you know, obviously very dedicated and serious to the job. You know, and of course, Ridge is Ridge. So, but yeah, it would, it would make a it make for a nice spinoff. I think I think Ridge lives for the opportunities when he gets to use his spy skills, right? I mean, he's he's a doctor. He he must have the scientific qualifications needed to be on the Doomwatch team, and yet somehow he also was a spy and has all his spy skills. And he does jump, you know, at that chance. Like when Hardcastle wants to break in there, he's like. Let the pro, let the pro go, because mm. he's like, yeah, I'm on that thing, which is, I, it gives us an opportunity for a little daring do that we're not going to get from Quest. Um, I, um, I really, uh, basically, I don't have a whole heck of a lot of notes here. It I don't either. Really, not like, of this oh. one. I mean, this one was slick. It, it was such a well done. Uh, uh, everything from top to bottom. I mean, I really couldn't pick a lot of holes into this one. Yeah. I, and one, one thing I did want to bring out, and I didn't mention in the earlier, uh, was, you know, there's the scene in when they've got the town together and they're basically telling them they're going to leave. And the farmer comes in and he's devastated. They've wiped out his cattle. And then they tell him they're going to wipe out his sheep. And and he he starts banging on West, right? This is This is your fault, which it isn't. You know, not remotely no. Quist's fall, but it's it's impotent rage at the machine, mm-hmm. and Quist represents the machine. It's perfectly understandable, even though he himself is not culpable. He is. He's the one who helped expose it. He, I mean, he's at yeah. the head of the organization that exposes it. You know, and that it's an interesting little study about you know how some people, when something very near and dear is taken away from them, they need to find a scapegoat, and they will sometimes look to the one who just uh, shines a light on the problem instead of the one who caused the problem. Mm-hmm. And Quist's reaction to all that is. Uh, again, uh, impressive to me. He doesn't. He doesn't argue. He doesn't, you know, he he's pretty much just doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. He, he has to let this go with 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 looks and sympathetic but stern uh, attitude there. It's like, what, 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 let the guy, let the guy rage at him. Um, and, and it, 
that that also is reflected in the scene right at the end where the publican's like, well, when will we be able to come back? And Quist won't answer him. No. And he talks a little bit more, and then he's like, will we ever be able to come back? And Quist just turns around and and walks walks away. away. And that... He could have just said no, right? But by turning around and walking away, he says no, and he also... He feels like he's shouldering a little bit of the, the guilt for this. It do, he, he does will, feel like, and, and, and you're right. I mean, there's no need for him to shoulder the guilt because this isn't his fault in the slightest bit. Uh, maybe he's just feeling sad or sorrow for them. I mean, Quiz clearly has, the man's got a heart. I mean, he, we've seen him up to this point. He's been just a bit of a hard nose, mm-hmm. but he's not without emotion. And for whatever reason, he feels some kind of connection to these people. He appreciates them on some level. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's you know experiences in other villages and other friends that he has in other villages that helps him to see their situation on a more personal level. But uh, it, it, whatever it is, he's he's feeling sort of badly about all of this. Whether it's him shouldering uh, or attempting to shoulder the blame, or if he just feels really badly over what is happening to them and just can't face them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to keep gushing. Here's another part that I thought was really, really well done. My expectations were tweaked on their ears and the boys, they're on their bike, they're leaving town and they pass that sign that says, you know, you hear the fair, you see the sign that says fair, and you're thinking, oh, no. No. Yeah. No, not the fair. And it turns out they're not going to the fair. They're going to the antiques dealer, which is not as bad, but it's still bad, right? They've got the guns and like, oh, the contaminated guns, and they're going to take them into the dealer, and it's going to get in the shop, and the people are going to come in the shop, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And they get to the door, and they can't get in the door. And you go, oh, well, that's at least one thing. And then the guy's like, hey, there's a fair. I saw a fair back there. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, okay, well, <laughs> like, now we're in for wow. it. Wow. The director just really set you up for that mm-hmm. beautifully. You know, yeah. double, a, a double takeover on that. And, and then the fact that that's where they leave it. And then later we find, you know, we see the, the first guy slump over the bike at that point. And it's unclear how bad off he is is he unconscious or is he just you know you know oh boy i just don't feel well let's go to the fair maybe i'll feel better i don't know and the fact that they find them lying along the side somewhere um and apparently never made it to the fair at the end is 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 a good thing Mm. and i loved the fact that the major admitted because, you know, you can do these things and not admit it. And it's another thing to be in a position where you can admit it and you can own it. And you're right for admitting it and owning it. And that is, we put Ridge through the complete humiliating decontamination process as punishment. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he got caught. We're, 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 you know, we're, we made him do everything because he deserved it. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, you kind of wonder if they would looked at it and go, yeah, we don't have to put him through the complete decontamination process, but let's do it anyway. And anybody would do it. It's another thing when the when the guy stands there and said, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> he deserved it. 
Oh, boy. And, and it's funny because such a, such a really grim, powerful, moving episode. And this could be one of our shortest podcasts Well, ever. yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the longer ones are always... Not the longer ones, but the ones where there are problems. There, It's so, so easy to find the things that are wrong and to really talk about them. But this episode, in my opinion, was technically perfect. I, I really can I cannot find flaw with this one. Uh, it, I, it, it was brilliantly well done. I really enjoyed it. It felt like more than a callback to the plastic eaters uh, because, mm. as I said earlier, I mean this you know, the whole idea of germ warfare is a very real thing. So it kind of sat um, in, in my stomach in, in a rather bad way, you know, meaning mm. that I found this uncomfortable as I, I think I'm supposed to find it uncomfortable. I think any viewer with a conscience is supposed to find this uncomfortable because it's disturbing, especially when you realize the collateral damage that needs to be taken into account because of this incident. I mean, all of that. I mean, it's like, I don't think they missed a beat here. No, they really didn't. They really didn't. Um, It it was... uh, And the fact that we really don't have a clue why Doomwatch was there in the first place, I mean, is kind of irrelevant. Well, it's they, they swept were, by. It's like doing some measurements. They were, they were they were looking for some mineral in the water. Nitrites. Yeah. Nitrites. That's Nitrites, it. That's yeah. all they were looking for. Uh, why? Who knows? They just were. And apparently, you know, Ridge and and Hardcastle. I mean, they they just went along because they were told to go along. Yet neither of them, uh, at least at the beginning of the episode, neither of them felt like it was that. You know, oh my, you know, it's really that important how, you know, what kind of results that these two guys get. Uh, what are they going to find? It, it was more about, well, where the heck did they go? Such a, you know, I guess it, it's such an innocent thing. And I, I was going to make the argument that if, if, from a dramatic standpoint, we had some clue why Doomwatch was worried about the nitrites, Nitrates? Nitrites? Nitrates. I'm not sure which it was. It was one of the two. We'll call it nitrates, and if it was nitrites, well, that's, you know, sorry. Um, if if we had been given something that it was like, there could be this dangerous thing going on, and then that might have been a bit of a misdirection for the audience. You think you're being led down one path, and then, whoops, germ warfare, boom! Might have been a little, a bit of dramatic... But then on the other hand, I think the point of the episode was that just this incredibly simple, innocent thing mm-hmm. set this chain of events mm-hmm. in motion. And, and you know, that could have happened anywhere. Somebody could have been checking that in a cave somewhere else that had nothing to do with Doomwatch. And if it had nothing to do with Doomwatch, they'd be done because it could have happened and... Nobody, nobody that's job it was to look out for this kind of stuff would have been at hand at the time. So, yeah, I guess that that's probably that's that's it's probably better the way they did it, and and that's probably the reason that they did it. But that that would have been the only thing that crossed my mind as I was watching the episode is that I might have done it differently. And and in retrospect, I think the director or the writer, I should say, uh, did better than I would have. So. Which, I, wow, the hubris of that statement. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Looking at it, it's like I'm, I, I'm in the position of second-guessing the guy, and I'm thinking, eh, I could have done it this way. But actually, no, on, on third-guessing, he did it right. Yeah, I think he did yeah. it right. I think he did it right. 
So now I'm going to look and see if Martin Worth wrote any other episodes of Doom Watch or anything else I watch Ooh. because I, I want to go out and find out. Yeah, you know, if I we've mean, got what, any more. What's the quality of, his, of the rest of his writing? Yeah, so that that's when we'll look up and and see if there's uh, any future episodes coming with him. Uh, anything else? I got nothing else on this. I mean, no, I, no. I've said everything that I could about this one. If you're going to watch an episode of Doom Watch and you've never watched Doom Watch, I had somebody who commented today or yesterday on on, on Facebook or it might have been on our WordPress site. I, I don't have it in front of me right at the moment. And they were saying they had never heard of Doom Watch. And so they were they were watching through it uh, with us the first time and and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's gratifying. Uh, you know, if we bring out some show that that somebody hasn't seen and get a chance to watch it and it's it's not crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you know even if it is because i enjoy a bit of crap from time to time but but you know um it, i i i like to hear that i like to hear that that somebody's that, that somebody's getting something out of the uh the shows that we're we're picking and watching and and so I but I would pick this episode. I would pick the plastic eaters, and mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow the rat would be like the three so far that I would say, watch those. Yeah, watch those episodes. And I have a sneaky suspicion that that the one where Toby Wren actually got blown up might have been one of those, but we'll never know. Probably. So. Probably. So don't try to watch that one because it doesn't exist. All right. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, sure thing. Listeners. Uh, you have a, an extra half hour today. <laughs> Think of it as a, as a gift from, from us for, for, for doing something else. And uh, But we appreciate you, and we hope you will join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol come join the conversation on facebook or twitter all episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com our music is fight the future by amber wolf this has been a lone locust production <laughs>